640 Toronto presents Think Tank. The breaking stories you care about. Facts and opinions that get you through the day. Now, let's meet the guests. Let's do just that. Uh, we welcome on. We've been uh, aiming to uh, get both these gentlemen uh, for a while. Uh, let's start with Rabbi David Mivaser. He's a fifth-generation American Jew. He's been living in the great city of Hamilton for 28 years. Rabbi, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for making the time for us. Thank you very much. I appreciate being able to be here. Absolutely. And uh, Shimon Koffler-Fogel is the president and CEO of the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs. It's great to have you on, sir. Greg, pleasure to be with you. All right, so let's start there, and we'll try and uh, I'll try and isolate uh, you by name and give you spots to jump in here and there um, and and go as we go. So let's start local and in our country. You know, I just document that story from Turkey, um, and I think the whole planet's gone mad. But we want to start local and then maybe branch out. So since our show was last on the air on Friday, we saw some of the same demonstrations in the same places in our city. And a few people were arrested for not dispersing while on highway overpasses and exit ramps. Rabbi, let me start with you, Rabbi David. Any weekend observations that jumped out at you? Well, I would um, just echo what you said. Yes, the same demonstrations are going on. I think the arrests are kind of an escalation of people trying to use um, the police to distract from what's really going on. And what's really going on is Israel's continuing to kill completely innocent people, destroy their homes, destroy facilities. And if we're talking about hostages, it's not only the 100 who are taken from Israel, but there are thousands of Palestinians in Palestinian jails. So my observation is talking about basically peaceful demonstrations on our own streets in Toronto is a distraction what really needs to be talked about. All right, so now I want to dive into some of what you said there. Go go ahead, Shimon. Well, uh, you know, I I think, Greg, um, you hit it on the spot, um, but I take a a completely different take. Um, We have to be very, very careful um, to avoid importing into Canada uh, the tensions and the conflicts uh, that are um, taking place uh, outside of Canada. And I think what people, uh, certainly the Jewish community, but well beyond the Jewish community, um, have increasingly objected to uh, is the kind of toxic disruptions uh, and the targeting of Jewish neighborhoods, uh, Jewish businesses, uh, Jewish individuals uh, in demonstrations that um, ostensibly are there to uh, support uh, Palestinians uh, and the positions advanced by Hamas, uh, loathsome as that is, uh, but really, in fact, are uh, bringing into Canada uh, a degree of, of conflict, uh, tension, um, and threat um, to identifiable communities that really have no place here. David, let me say, let, let me add to what Shimon said there, but uh, but I'll, I'll certainly give you the chance to respond to that as well. It, the, you must know so many Jewish people that, that align maybe on different sides of what Israel's doing, different sides of the conflict, different perspectives on their response and the proportionality. That's all fine and good. But you must be hearing from Jewish people that say, I've never been more afraid to be Jewish. I've never been been more conscious of being out in public and being Jewish, sending my kids to school. I know people that are deferring to send their son or daughter to university next year until the temperature cools down. Like these are major decisions. 
And I don't think it would be remotely, remotely uh, less a story if these were um, black kids doing that, uh, Muslim kids doing that, Asian kids doing that. Can I make that case that it's never been less safe to be Jewish in Toronto? Absolutely, absolutely not. That Why is not? Just a, that's bizarre. No, it's just bizarre. No Jews have been harmed. I've been in these demonstrations, first of all, for Schumann to talk about the Jewish community. That's a fallacy. We Jews who really stand for human rights and support the Palestinian struggle for their actual existence are cast out of what Shimon and Sija, his organization, consider to be the Jewish community. They, they push us out of it. And then they talk about the Jewish community. And for Shimon to even talk about you can't bring foreign conflicts into Canada, that's the whole raison d'etre. That's why Sija, his organization, exists. It's called the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs. Right, but but let me. So that's a it's a it's a false argument. No Jews are under threat as Jews. They're telling you that they feel unsafe, and I think we're targeting. They can we're, feel whatever they want, but that matters. When I was growing, when I was, yes, it matters. But they have to look at their feelings. You you introduced me by saying I'm a fifth generation American. When I was growing up in the United States, many people who I'd say look like you and me were afraid of black people. In the city where I grew up, people I grew up with, if they saw a black man walking down the sidewalk, they'd cross the street to the other side. So they can feel afraid. A lot of that fear is provoked. It's manufactured. It's created. And I'm happy to talk about that. But I'd make the case really quick that black people should should have had a right to feel more afraid of white people in 1966 than the other way around. you You just made my point. So who is actually in danger who just got arrested by the police for peaceful demonstrations in our own city streets it wasn't jews being arrested by the police for waving israeli flags and palestinians who live here feeling afraid of the israeli flag which represents the country that's killing their families killing their mothers and fathers they're not the ones who are complaining that they feel afraid David, let me get so let, I, let me let me get Shimon. Let me get Shimon in just because you again. No, me, well, you both. Me, let, let, let me let me just finish, right? So I'll do it quickly. Yeah. So so the people who are saying they feel afraid, you really need to look at the foundation of that, the basis of it. I'm saying that's mainly a manufactured kind of stoked discomfort. There's no real reason to feel that way at all. Shimon, I, I mean, I, I take well, the point. Right. I, I take the point that if you tell me you're afraid and you tell me your kids are afraid and you tell me your mother's afraid to wear a Star of David, I, I'm going to take you at your word and say, OK, well, that's how they feel. And that matters. What's your perspective? My so, perspective sir, is a lot of that. Hey, fear hold on, David, 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 hold on. I, I, oh, I will give oh, you. We got tons of time. The question. I thought I thought he just said, what's your perspective? That's what I just heard. OK, OK. Shimon, go ahead. I think. I, I think it was me that he wanted to respond to. Um, Greg, look, um, uh, I can see a distinction between so-called feelings uh, and things that go beyond that. Uh, the issue of uh, perceptions of safety actually go beyond uh, words. Uh, when you have Jewish students uh, who are barricaded inside a room on campus, 
because there is um, uh, violent, agitated uh, um, demonstrations outside uh, that police are suggesting put them at risk. That's, that's beyond feelings. When Jews are assaulted on the street, as they have been, and it, which is documented not by me, but by law enforcement uh, in multiple cities, but certainly in Toronto, when there are uh, uh, is, uh, uh, incidents of uh, vandalism. Uh, you know, I simply don't believe that, Shimon, Shimon, of, Shimon, you can't just say Shimon, something like Greg, that. Greg, 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 either I get to talk or your other guest gets to talk but I'm not going to compete with him and try and talk over him. All right, let's, let's, let's finish the point. Let's be, yeah, let's be precise with it, Shimon. And then I'll let, I'll let David respond. Go right ahead. That's fair. Go ahead. The fact the facts are there, they're not manufactured. They're documented by law enforcement. uh, And they're the basis for um, um, a uniform concern that has been expressed by all levels of government about the safety and the security of Jews in the Jewish community. And for the record, just because uh, the suggestion was, uh, was advanced earlier by your other guests, um, the mainstream Jewish community, the overwhelming majority of the Jewish community finds itself in the same place. And we are blessed at Sija and within the Federation-based Jewish community in Toronto. Um, we are blessed with a table that spans the total spectrum of progressive to conservative, religious to secular, old, young, men, okay. women, they're all captured there. David, let me move to this. Um, there's cruelty and mayhem and ethnic cleansing. Excuse cons- me. Excuse me. What Greg, are we? I'm what? Sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, I, can't, I cannot let that. What, what Shimon just said, I just can't let that stand. Okay. Tell me why you disagree and give it to me in 30 seconds. Thousands if you can. and thousands of Jews are not part of what he calls the Jewish community. We disagree with what um, Sija does. We support the Palestinian struggle for justice. And, and Sija doesn't tolerate that. You said I'm in Hamilton. Yep. In Hamilton, we just, we just showed the film Israelism. The Hamilton affiliate of Sija tried to shut it down and claim that it makes Jews unsafe in Hamilton. It was a sold-out show. They, they push us out of the Jewish community so they can claim what he just said. In fact, Sija was created by people who shut down the Canadian okay. Jewish Congress. I, I'm not here, to, deba- I'm not here to debate Sija, David. I want to ask you, okay, let's say... You, you know what you're doing? You're platforming Sija, and you're shutting me down. No, I'm not. And you've talked, you've, you've wait, talked wait, more wait, than the other guest has. Just a sec, for, for Shimon to claim that Jews have been attacked in the streets of Toronto and then just claim that that's documented, I asked a question, like, when was that documented? Okay, let me get... Let the me, only Jew who I know David. who was attacked, the only Jew I know who was attacked was a man who actually attacked the pro-Palestinian demonstration. Okay, David, some, I want to keep this on mm-hmm. track. I want to keep this mm-hmm. on track, and we're falling apart here. There's 340,000 Jews in Canada. Let's say for the better yep. part of argument, there's 340,000. You're yep. going to make the case that 50.1% or, or a majority of, of those Jews in Canada are against what the Israeli government's doing right now. That's not what I said. You're I'm asking, what I'm I said. asking what the I, question. Okay, okay. So my, my organization called Independent Jewish Voices, 
which is a coast-to-coast Jewish organization, commissioned a study by ECOS in 2018 that found that 37% of Jews in Canada view the Israeli government negatively. 31% oppose the siege. 30% find BDS to be reasonable. 22% support Canada sanctioning Israel. Okay, so... And 48% accuse accusations of anti-Semitism to be um, just fabricated, right? To support Palestine doesn't mean being anti-Semitic. That was five years ago before Israel's onslaught against And I bet Gaza you that number's up now. Okay. We're on the same page. That that... So, so just, I want to make my point again. So for Shimon to claim that there's such a thing as the Jewish community and his organization speaks for it. That's an immediate, like I'll buy the context and you guys won't agree on that. Hey, listen, I'm the first person to roll my eyes when people say the Asian community, the black community, the male, the female, we all have different, we all, we all can, we all can uh, walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay. I got you there. Let me get to Shimon and, and ask you about the, do you think there's reaction on the street and in our communities that's just about the Jew, because I know many Jews that I'll put it this way. They hate Benjamin Netanyahu. They wish he wasn't their leader. They think wrong leader, wrong time came. Shouldn't have come back a second time around. But that doesn't allow that. That doesn't prevent them from having the opinion right now that what's happening post October 7th was bound to happen. Hamas knows it's going to happen and everybody's watching it happen. So, Greg, uh, I think that that's a really important point, um, and we see it in every country. Um, for the record, uh, nobody would suggest that the Jewish community or any other community is monolithic. My point is that there are, for the majority of the Jewish community, certain red lines. One of them is the belief and the commitment to uh, self-determination for the Jewish people. And like the UN in 1947-48, uh, the belief in the reestablishment of a Jewish homeland in their ancestral uh, place of birth. Uh, so um, those that are affiliated, uh, the handful that are, um, maybe it's hundreds, maybe it's a thousand, uh, who are affiliated with your, your other guests, um, they do not subscribe to an independent okay. Jewish state. Okay. I want to so, ask, I, I, I want to ask you, but, go ahead. But, but, but Greg, uh, the final point in this uh, is the one that you made about Netanyahu. Uh, if we look at our own experience here in Canada, actually a majority of Canadians do not support the current government. Right. And when you say, throw out numbers like 30% or 38% don't support the Netanyahu government, take a look at Israel. Internally, domestically, before the Hamas massacre on October 7th, there was real tension and division yeah. within Israeli yeah. society, but nobody was questioning the legitimacy of the Jewish state. Yeah. Let, let me ask That's you. It's actually not true. Let, That's okay. actually not oh, true. David, 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 David. No, of course, there are Israeli Jews who not only question, but reject the legitimacy of a Jewish supremacist state that is eliminating the other people who originally lived there. Of course, there are Israelis that stand uh, there. For are, that. There are Israelis that stand there. Let me ask you about Israel's right to exist, David. Do you, does Israel have a right to exist, but just not in its, not, its current form? Not as a Jewish supremacist state that steals <laughs> land, kills other people, 
eliminates them. No, but it isn't. But it, well, two things, two things. It isn't one. It is a democracy. And two, 22 percent of the population of Israel uh, is Arab. So yeah, the 22 percent who are Arab within the 1948 boundaries of Israel, they're the remnant of the people who were kicked out. The people living in Gaza, the more than two million in Gaza, they're 80 percent descended from the Arab people who were kicked out of what became Israel. So to say it's a democracy, it's a democracy after 750,000 or 800 people were expelled. But wouldn't the counter to that be Israeli Jewish people have been expelled from every Arab state except Israel surrounding it? That's actually, you know, that's got nothing to do with it. Oh, a lot of that (laughs) happened because of Zionist provocation, you know, and and not only that, but for more than 55 years, Israel has ruled over more than three million people in the West Bank who are Palestinian. You cannot call that a democracy when it rules over other people with no vote, no say. They don't have human rights, civil rights. That is not a democracy. The West Bank's got its issues um, beyond beyond. And that's an obvious statement. I get it on my part. Let me ask you, Dave, I want to I want to get both of you in on the Palestinians. They're not well regarded by neighboring countries, David. Egypt, Jordan, they want nothing to do with them. Egypt's got this massive barbed wire wall. That's unfortunate for innocent people. But often what follows the Palestinians, and it happened in Lebanon as well in the early 80s, is chaos and disorder often follow them. I want to ask you what the responsibility of neighboring Arab nations is. Saudi Arabia and Qatar barely give any humanitarian aid uh, to the Gazan That's people. That's so wrong. That's so no, it's wrong. not. Qatar no, it's not. Gives, I've seen the Qatar numbers. Qatar gives billions. Just look on Wikipedia. Google it, Greg. Wik- Qatar gives billions to support Hamas. The United States gives more. You the United States, States gives more, and that humanitarian aid turns into military aid for I'm Hamas. Just, I'm just, I'm, you know what? You can't just say stuff. It's oh, buddy, be I'm, that's not what's happening, David. It's not. It's not. I'm asking Just what the response. What's you the responsibility say- of the Arab nations around them? They won't take. They won't. They certainly won't take refugees in. Greg, can I they've can take, I offer? They've um, taken. They've taken. Do you know that the population of Jordan was majority Palestinian before Jordan let in refugees from Iraq and from Syria? The majority. I'm going to repeat it. Majority of the population of Jordan was Palestinians who were refugees because they were expelled from their homes and their homes destroyed but egypt and these other countries won't take them in right now so much of that is political speaking okay greg speaking speaking to to your actual question um again you were spot on um the pattern um of destructive force um that is represented by um Palestinians and Palestinian leadership in particular prompted um, King Hussein of Jordan to expel Palestinians. That moved them to Lebanon. What happened in Lebanon? They triggered a civil war. Uh, so I think that there, there really is a pattern um, of um, um, concern uh, expressed by neighboring Arab states about the impact of Palestinians uh, being uh, allowed to integrate into into their and, and I should point out there's but a, more but the, more to the point it's actually not just um, the neighboring Arab states um, I think that what we really have to recognize uh, is that the global community the international community has infantilized the Palestinians 
has denied them agency, has not demanded of them accountability and uh, recognition of their responsibility to take ownership of their lives. Hamas knew exactly what was going to happen when it launched its, right. Um, uh, right. its depraved attack on innocent Israeli communities uh, over the border. They knew exactly what was going to happen because uh, it happened in 21. And- it happened in, in, in conflicts throughout um, the last two decades. And I'd make the case, There's, I'd make the case, I got I to gotta close it, but Egypt and Jordan aren't any fans of Israel. They aren't any fans of Benjamin Netanyahu, but I got to leave it there. Guys, honestly, I appreciate the debate and I hope you'll both come back on. Thank you for the time today. Thank you too. Rabbi you. David uh, Mivaser, Shimon Koffler-Fogel joining us on Think Take. 